Take it away. Yes. So we're going to have a, a, a deeper look into, we've got cameras everywhere, it's beautiful. We're going to have a deeper look into frames, we're going to look at coaching. Um, I, I thought what we would do, Sharon, is let's begin the conversation a little bit more broader about coaching and then dive into sure. all these different frames. So on a basic fundamental level, and I know there's people watching this who perhaps don't know a lot about coaching as well, is that um, how would you define what we do in terms of the interventions, the coaching, the interface of coaching itself? To life, I think it's I think it's simply one of the many methodologies or techniques or strategies that are available to us to help us become all we could be. Yes, there's nice. so many frames and pathways to achieving it. Coaching is simply one of them that we can build into our lives. Here you go. Oh, thank you, thank you. Cheers. 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 That can help us become our true potential, however we may define that on the day. If the coach is fantastic they're going to have us see a different viewpoint of what our ultimate self should be. So our potential should get reframed through the coaching experience to become bigger, better, grander or different. Yes, mm. love it. Beautiful definition. Now you also use the word frame, which we, we've been discussing here. How would you describe it? Uh, to me, coaching is actually, well, my definition of coaching is helping someone fall back in love with themselves. I love that. And, uh, so you had different frames? Yeah, different frames. And we need to define what a frame is in a moment because yeah. I want to give the listeners a clarity love that. on that. So for you, it's fall yeah. in love with yourself. So we're going to create different, we're going to attract different clients. Yeah. We're going to have different experiences in the coaching session. We're going to notice different aspects of the client in front of us. We're going to pull out different aspects and think they're worthy of discussion because we have different frames on coaching. Yes, which I think is also a reflection on different frames that we have around the philosophy of living. Yeah. There's obviously overlaps and, and all that, but we all bring our own um, um, perspective and philosophy. Yeah. Um, I also think coaching is a, is a healing modality. So, mm -hmm. uh, and of course, you know, we've got many people in the room, we could say that there's 50 different definitions of healing. And to me, healing is about reconnecting to what's always been there within ourselves. See, my frame is it's restoring. Yes. That's the language I use yeah, in my mind. Word. So if word. language creates reality, which I believe it does, our language creates different realities. So for me, I'm helping the client restore. This, sound, this language is so bad. I haven't worked out better language yet. I'm working on it. Next book. 
I believe I'm helping clients restore back to factory settings and then decide well, who they want to become. Like it's erasing what has harmed, hurt, limited, unvalidated, undermined, stressed, traumatised. It's helping them get back to if that hadn't happened or if that had happened and it was now an experience that was incorporated into you in a really, I don't want to say positive way, an empowering way, you'd be restored. And now what do you want to do with your life? Because I think too many people are making, based on what you said about healing, too many people are making decisions about what they want to do with their lives and who they want to be with based on not being healed or restored. And their decisions are trying to compensate for what they think is missing in them. So I think I've got to help people get what they think is missing. That's the conversation you and I were having yesterday. It's how do you restore what you think out there can give you because out there can't give it to you. If you can't give it to you, you're not getting it. Yes. And so it's a good overlap. I, I, I love it, I love it, because we've, we've both got vastly different backgrounds, we've experienced different things. How much do we geek out on this? Uh, it, it, All well, the we time. Did, we did between our <laughs> <hours> last week. <laughs> so we're having lunch last week and we just... It we just, almost went to dinner. It was great. It was so close. <laughs> <laughs> I had swimming lessons for my son, that's why I had to leave. Otherwise. We were just rolling into dinner and, and, and the nightclub. There's out. a nightclub there. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're heading towards... There's some different thoughts coming to my mind yes. Um, so, but what I loved is that, um, oh God, we spoke about so many things. We spoke about also the different backgrounds. I, I actually believe that um, our backgrounds, regardless of how great they've been, or how horrendous they've been, or how dark they've been, how light they've been, all the different rays of backgrounds, I think that uh, when we all come together in this coaching space, it gives us also an opportunity to press that reset button mm. where we can redefine language, put meaning to that, that history, that that history can become useful to us in how we live our life now and how we actually coach. And I, can, and I, and I say that, Sharon, because I know that because of your experiences, you know, throughout your personal history of living as a, as a woman, and as a human being, and the family situation, and my family situation, all very, very different. And I think because the history, the past is a gift that contributes to who you've become now in 2019, that's what's produced the body of work that you've, which I still say to you is the most important body of work you've ever produced, the ultimate you work. If it wasn't for that history, mm, wouldn't be here. you wouldn't have the sensitivity, the compassion, the patience in bringing that all together. Whereas my background is very, very different, in the sense that I've been just bloody fortunate and lucky and, and probably over overprotected and all the rest of it. So I come, if this is the person's, um, what that person's become, you're coming from this side, which is we're going to heal all this over here to get to this, whereas I'm coming from this other side saying, well, what we want has always been there. Yeah. We've now got to discover it and reconnect with it somehow. So it's kind of like... We were having this discussion yes, at we're, lunch. We're. And I was trying to get Joe... Can I, can I shoot? Yeah. I was trying to get Joe... I was asking Joe a question about the book he's writing and I wasn't seeing the frame the way you saw the frame. That's really what it was. So a frame is a point of reference or how you see the world. A frame is how do you model or represent the world to yourself in a way that makes sense to you. Most people have very jumbled frames. Or they have gen huge generalizations that well, the they think. Or there's huge generalizations, and one thing means many things, mm. too many things, and they need to narrow down their frames to something that's manageable and makes sense and is functional and helpful and moves them forward. Most people don't do. I say most don't do that. So we were discussing your book, and, and I won't say what it's about. That's for you to say. But there was a point where you said something, and I was like, I don't, I don't agree. Yes. My frame. Yeah, my frame. <coughs> On that is you need to recover this. Yeah. Then you restated your solution according to your frame. Yeah. And I think at that point I went over. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good glass of wine. It was. <laughs> and I said, you're hearing it from your frame, Joe. You're not hearing my frame. Listen again and try to get my frame. Mm. And then you got my frame. And that opened up us being able to talk about how it might help your frame. Yes. But to get to the stage in a relationship where you can have, and you know, I talk to you guys all the time about the relationships you have, and obviously Joe's one of my inner circle. Joe's the guy that says, 
I'm that friend when you need to bury the body at midnight. Call me. <laughs> That's who we are, Richard. So if I ever need me. <laughs> I hope that disclaimer wasn't necessary. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, we've got a very... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say Sharon's level of demand on the friendship just went up. <laughs> She's testing a couple of hypotheses. <laughs> so in coaching, the idea is to have... We have that relationship. The idea in coaching is to teach people how to have that level of relationship where it's not just about my opinion is different to your opinion, which is just pointless and wouldn't have moved us anywhere, versus we have an idea that sits here neutrally, and he, he had his idea and I had mine. Let's look at the two ideas. To do that healthily, we've got to be willing to see that idea as being different to my own and be okay with that, so ego's out the window, so that's really healthy. And it's also going to be healthy enough that the ego's out of the way when, I, when the, one of the friends, as I did, says, no, you're not hearing my frame. No, like I said it twice, you're not hearing my frame, you're hearing your frame. Coaching is meant to have that level of honesty and then we've got to teach our clients to have that in their life because that's emotional intimacy. Well, that's one version or aspect of lens of emotional intimacy. There's many others to it. But if you can't even get to that where you know you're discussing different frames and let's talk about the different frames, how do you get to how you feel about them? Because then it becomes, if you don't do this, it's how I feel about him. And how he feels about me. And that's, that's not the point. Our us was not at stake in this. Do you, do you get that? But for a lot of people, this is at stake when this comes up because they don't have a frame for it. And one of our ultimate frames that we share, and we obviously share with many of our friends and people who are in our inner circles, we understand. Put the frame there. It's not this. And then we have people in our lives who can't do that for us. Exactly. We both, we've had that discussion last week where yeah. we both have people in our lives where it's never a frame out here. It's you don't agree with me, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah. Or you don't agree with me, I can't be with you. Or you don't agree with me, I've got to dominate you. Yeah. Or to unintentionally oversimplify that, everything's taken personally. Yes. So um, I think I've got, what I'm about to share here, to add to that, I think I might have got from you, I can't remember, Sharon, and if I have, just tell me. Um, I was coaching a fellow, a few weeks ago, boundary issues around work, became too close, too quick, inappropriately to too many people at work, and he was just emotionally confused. And I, and I, you know, I shared with him that you, you don't have clarity in terms of how much you bring and how much you shouldn't bring to these different kinds mm. of friendships. And I said, first of all, the people that you're at work with, the frame there is that the reason why you're together is because you're sharing an activity. That's the activity to centred friendship in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's where it came from. Yeah. Beautiful. So, for example, you know, like I love that they've all read the book and they're yeah, all into the language. So we're, we're, talk, yeah. we're not. So yeah, yeah, yeah got that. that. I know that. That's that friend of that. Yeah. So you know, you, you've got the activity-based uh, connection. So with my running people or other people in your lives, you know, we get along and we have a good time because we've got the bridge of activity, which is just simply the running. But you get beyond that in some cases where I've tested that boundary a little bit by just mm. sharing some thoughts on different things and people get a bit weird on me or I get weird on them or whatever it is, uh, then I know that that sits perfectly where it is, which is an activity-based uh, connection. So it's not a friendship, it's just a connection. And then and I said to this fellow, what you've been doing is the third level mm. where you should be doing the first level because what are you talking about? So the second level, of course, is where you've got activity and ideas-based uh, sort of connection. And you can obviously... No, you... Yeah, so activity and ideas based. So that's where you've got the activity that you're doing with, and then beyond that, you can perhaps share some thoughts on what family means to you, or what money means to you, or whatever your conversation is, and, and you get along. The third one is the rarest error of all, and that's where you've got the three levels. You've got activity based sharing, you've got uh, ideas based sharing, and there's also genuine values exchange. And, uh, and that's the risky level. That's the risky now, level. The, the other two levels, there's no risk. No, there's no emotional vulnerability exactly. at all. And the quality of your life is definitely determined by how many people, by how many people, I'm not talking in the tens or the dozens, I'm talking about one to a handful, less than five people in your life where you can share activities, share ideas and share your values and genuinely be unedited, unfiltered, mm. so because you, you feel safe because you're not judged. 
So what we were talking about the other day, we're sharing an activity, we're sharing ideas, and also we're talking about values, but that's beside the point. We literally actually, did talk about values. We did talk about it, but we also <laughs> share values. Now, what I love is that in a healthy relationship, and this is a distinction that I just came up with this morning as I'm preparing for my little pop-up this Thank morning. God. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in time. Just in time. It would have been ruined otherwise. Just in time. I've often thought that to be close to someone, you have to have a significant values overlap, which I still think is true. I also think it's possible that you can be very close to someone and your overlap doesn't have to be that big. Why? Because you allow that space to share your innermost thoughts about anything and the other person is not judging or having an egotistical opinion on that or taking it personally or bringing emotions into it, but actually being curious about, gee, how'd you come to that? I wonder. And I believe that that's what... Uh, what I do, because we don't have that overlap, we have that overlap yeah. because of family differences yeah. and priorities, quite yeah. different. Yeah. I'm much more driven by challenge than Joe is, so we are not a values match there in terms of the level of challenge, thank goodness, because that means he can be part of this and not have to deal with what he wouldn't want to deal with, enjoy dealing with, yeah. don't care about. Yeah. And because we're like that, the maturity is... And we need to bring this back to coaching. Yes. To, yeah. The maturity is, I know he's not available to me in that realm, and that's not personal. And he knows I'm not available to him in that realm, and that's not personal. And by not available, is, there's no interest, or time is value. No. Yeah. Values are about how you spend your time. So his time is spent with family in a way that I just think's weird, like, really? Family? What the <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> The line, I love it. I love the line, and, and that makes him laugh when I do these really offensive lines. You just crack up this laughing. Funny. It's my goal. It's my goal to make you laugh. I know where it's coming from. Yeah. Because you know. yeah. what we're doing there is being pretend drama, recognizing our differences, enjoying them, digging them, and then taking the piss out of it. Yeah. And then we just burst out laughing because none of that needed to be said. But to tie it back to coaching, yeah. how many people do you know don't even know that this is a thing? that are living, not even knowing, with people who they're meant to care about, should be caring about, think they should be caring about, or are just in their lives, and the values are like oh, this. I think all of this conversation is coaching, Sharon, because um, ultimately the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your experiences, and the ultimate amplifier or minimizer of those experiences is the quality of your relationships. Yeah. So it, 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 to me, coaching is about, first of all, working on the relationship the person has with themselves. Uh, and then, you know, that conversation then will extend. Because as you know, well, based on my experience, I'm sure you can perhaps relate, is there so many times a client will bring in an external source to talk about, oh, I want to talk about my boss today, I want to talk about how my mother bothers me so much. And we all know that, of course, that that is a reflection, an unconscious reflection of their relationship with themselves. Mm. So I think this conversation that we're having, even though it's broad, is like coaching because to me, you asked me at the very beginning and I was asking you, what is coaching? Well, falling back in love with self, I think that journey is a, is a journey into self-awareness. And, and restoring uh, self and restoring is a self. journey to self-awareness. Yeah. And to bring it to the frames, I'd say the first frame is the self-awareness frame. So when I'm working yeah. with a client, I'm, yeah, I'm, you, you'd have the same? Yeah. A lot of this will come out because we talk about it and we'll realise that's our frame. Yeah, yes. Because we've never consciously enlisted our strategy for it. So our first frame, it would seem, is self-awareness. I'm being as clued in as I can into where, where they have their blind spots, their scotomas. They just don't see it. They don't know about it. The parts where they're kind of aware of it, but aware of it very inaccurately. So their map of reality is not close to reality, which is causing them pain or where they have a map that's healthily related to reality and is functional and going to move them forward. So I have three criteria in self-awareness. Now what does that mean I need to be across? I need to know those three criteria or I need to have a clue. Now the client's going to bring their own version of that and I'm going to adapt my map to what's significant to them and that's okay. But where I know there's a clear violation of the universal laws, <laughs> like I should be successful whilst I sit at home playing video games yep. in the basement, yeah. that is not a match to reality in any way. And whilst I want to respect the client's map, 
If their map is hurting them, holding them back, and never going to get them restored to being their centered cells, I'm going to challenge the map. So that's the difference between respect the map and challenge the map. It's a fine balance, isn't so it? So what would you say about awareness? What are you, um, using, what are you drilling into? Yeah, we're using coaching language. It's, uh, it is about aligning the map to the result they are wanting. First of all, is the result they are wanting uh, realistic? So um, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day about something that I've been writing about, which is the wisdom of limitation. So having, mm. having an awareness, you know, using Dirty Harry as one of my heroes. <laughs> you know, where he says, I didn't see that coming. Where he says, you know, I can't do Dirty Harry, but he says something like, Don't do Dirty Harry. <laughs> yeah, have a go, have a go, have a go, have a go. Oh, it's so yeah, good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then he just blows them away with it. That's another story. We, we can always edit. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. I appreciate that. But I was saying to a friend of mine, I said, you know, we've got to also, by the same, with awareness, a big part, to me, one of the fundamental frames of awareness is, is having a, an awareness of our limitations, which I'm very um, apprehensive in sharing generally because I don't want my client to then put themselves off the hook and, and start being unrealistic with their limitations. But the point I'm making is, I was saying to this man of mine the other day, I said, if you're a Jeep, but metaphorically, if you're a Jeep, a Jeep can't go north to 103 seconds flat like a Audi R8 V10 you know, supercar. It's got to know its limitations, but it can do things that the sports car can't do. It's got different sets of abilities, different str uh, strengths and different capacities. And when we start becoming aware, realistically, of what our limits are, we become more aware of what our true possibilities can be. Because one of the myths I can't Well, it stand, gets us out of magical thinking. It does. And one of the This is elements, about magical thinking to me. So in self-awareness, I have a magical thinking criteria. It yes. sounds like you do as well. Yeah, I sure do. Like, how magical is this person's thinking versus what would realistically fulfill them? Yeah. And if you keep hanging on to the delusion, you're wasting time and wasting years and wasting relationships and wasting experiences because yes. you're hanging on to delusion that you're not geared for. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, a big part of magical thinking in my frame is that you know the, the actual um, uh, thought that we can do anything, that anything is possible, I think that when we become clearer on what our strengths and abilities are within that world, anything is possible. But what a Jeep can do and what an Audi can do, or what a Paul, whatever your metaphor is, are two completely different things. But possibilities are huge in each one. So I, I like that. I'm going to go. I'm going to double down, and we can always yeah, edit. Of course, of course. We can edit. So I'm not going to do Dirty Harry, but no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> this might land on the cutting room floor. Sure. In self-awareness, I add how addicted are they to the law of attraction, and how addicted are they to spirituality. Let me unpack that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in my map, when I'm working with a client, the client that hangs on to spirituality when they don't know how to fulfill themselves is hanging on to a crutch. So in my coaching world, be however you want in your personal life, yeah. my friends, go for it. Yeah. I don't have any view on that at all. It's yeah. this, and yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But to believe that good things will happen if I'm good. I just have too much evidence where that just, no. And I've actually read some studies on it now, the optimism bias and how overly optimistic people uh, tend not to push as hard. They expect things to be easier. They, there's, there's price we pay for having that kind of mentality when it's not balanced with the willingness to do what it takes. So spirituality, I always think of two, two avocado pieces. There's the person who doesn't feel fulfilled is looking for the half the avocado. And that could be anything. That could be TV addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, sports addiction, work addiction. Uh, I think in the book I list 30 addictions and spirituality is one of them. So as long as we don't feel fulfilled and we are going to shop for what we think fills us, I class that as the external that's hurting us. Can you share with the guys your definition of spirituality? But to put this in context. Uh, seeking an outside force to placate my pain. Right, so now we're going into the external internal frame. Yeah. yeah. So the frame there is internal external. So seeking an external force to make me okay. So psychics, you can put anything there. 
and that it's not me having a view on them. Mm. It's if they are needed by the client to hold the client together because they don't know how to fulfill themselves, it falls into an external frame that's holding them back because it becomes the crutch they're leaning on. And then law of attraction, same thing. If there's this whole, this whole books on it and it's just, I just really struggle when I meet a client who's full on into the law of attraction. This is all in self-awareness, magical thinking. Yeah. And they're relying on, if I think good thoughts, this bad thing will go away. It doesn't work and it's dangerous because that means the person's not gonna take the active participation in their own healing, like literally it could be health healing or something else that they need to do. You, there's work that needs to be done. You know how unwell I was and, yeah. and the struggles I've had with my health. Yeah. It is so different today. But there was no way I was sitting back there thinking, I can just rely on some external, I can just magically think my way to this. So with, I that, had with to, that journey. Because I didn't have that, yeah. I had 20 things I did. Yeah, yeah. Would you say, in, that's, that's a, great, a great example. Um, would you say in that journey in recovering health and that there was a, in your own sort of wisdom of experience, that there was a balance between external and internal frame checking? Yeah, so I have, I have a very clear strategy. So my, yeah, yeah, so my major frame when I'm coaching and in my life, what's the challenge or what's the problem or what's the answer or what's the change I'm looking for? One. So that's the trigger. Then yeah. the exit's going to be if I've achieved it. Right. Now, how, I don't know what that is or I'd have it. Yeah, that's right. So I have Just a point. that because that's an important, that's a yeah. very important point. Yeah. If I had the, this that I want, it would be here and I would have already taken that journey. I would have traversed yeah. the landscape. Yeah. I would have traversed the barriers. I would have overcome the obstacles. I would have triumphed in the space of setbacks. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. So I have no reason having a view. Yeah. But when I coach people, they don't, they're not aware of this. No. They don't see that as a big frame gap yeah. or as a journey gap. Yeah. And I think a lot of coaching is enjoying the adventure of those steps as much yeah. as anything because yes. that's where we grow. That is yeah. the growth. And that's why the challenges are so important and the obstacles are so important and the setbacks are so important. So what I do is, okay, that's what I want to achieve. I have no view on it. So then I go external. And I look for values match people who have achieved what I want to achieve. Perfect. It has to be yeah. gather evidence. Love it. It's, um, it's the hero's journey, yeah. Joe. I'm yes. doing Star Wars. I'm yeah. gathering the magic elixirs and the yeah. sword and the vroom, vroom. I'm gathering the bits. There's my <laughs> contribution to that. You can always edit. You can always edit. <laughs> and so I'm gathering the tools I think I might need. And they're a mess. They're just a jumble in my brain or at my feet. They're books and resources and courses and just, it's just a mess. So I want to pause right there because you, you've said quite a few things that I think are worth putting the magnifying glass on for a little bit because we don't want to look at external framework as something that's negative. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is that it's having the awareness, so building on the awareness frame. Getting some awareness. Is, is, is knowing which external um, sources, external frames to look at that are useful to build the internal. And you just said it perfectly. It's about gathering the appropriate evidence to support what it is that you want to create. And it's a mess. In the beginning, Joe, sure. it's really... Why are you going to know what's right? It's you... hit and miss. It's mainly miss. Completely. And I just have this jumble of ideas that are mainly useless, but I don't know what's useless yet. But that's okay, because I know I'm beginning the journey. I'm doing the hero's journey. I'm yeah. heading towards the Death Star. I'm pretty yeah. excited. Yeah. Then I'm going to step back internally and look at them and see if I can sort for recognition. How do you mean? Recognition of values match. Right. Recognition of it suits me. So Ben Greenfield is one of the health guys that I follow, as you know. Yeah. Well, he's too extreme. Yeah, he is. <laughs> That's a conversation. For me. Yeah. yeah. But his obsession is my success. Yeah. Because the years he puts into obsessing about his health, I don't have to do it. I just listen to the podcast, mm. buy the book, study mm. the supplement, and I make a choice. So I'm quite good at that. So there's just a jumble and I'm assessing, okay, how obsessed are they and how dedicated would I have to be to achieve that? Yeah. Do I need to compromise on my goal? Yeah. Are they achieving it consistently? I wouldn't compromise. The other aspect of compromise is that also, do you also do an internal check on, am I compromising my values to achieve that goal? Yes, yeah, so the first thing is, my values are, what are their values or what do their values seem to be they're living in terms yeah. of their time? 
Yeah. Ben Greenfield, his time is more on health than I feel is a values match for me, even though health and vitality is my number one value. Sure. Sure. His number one, two, and three values clearly are this obsession around health. And I mean obsession in the coolest possible way. Because yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal yeah. what he's achieving. Yeah. Yeah. So then I do a values check, a time check, consistency check, sustainability check. Can I keep doing it long enough to benefit? Yeah. Because some things, like I'm up to 40, 50 supplements a day. Wow. I can sustain that. Yeah. What I can't sustain is the heart monitor he wears, the blood yeah. test monitor he wears, the sleep monitor he wears, the, and the circadian rhythm monitor he wears. He has five monitors. I can't sustain it. Could I do it? Yes, for a week. Yeah. It's enough that I wear this and I'm measuring my steps. Yeah. I'm done. I know my limits in terms of my values. So I can't make some of those, sorry guys, I can't make some of those choices. So that's where I've got to compromise my outcome. It might take me longer, I might need to find a different way, or I might accept lesser profound outcomes. And so I sought, and so just Ben Greenfield, there's, there's Dr. Stephen Gundry, there's all these other people I've spoken yes. about, and I'm making an assessment. And I then begin trying to put in a sequence of what I'm prepared to do. So now we're into the tactics, we're into the operation. Yeah. And that's me starting to make progress. Now, what happens is, and this is what people don't talk about nearly enough, is that's also a mess. Right. My first run, yeah. it's a mess. There's supplements everywhere, I miss them, I don't know why, I don't remember why I'm taking them. Mm -hmm. I just take them automatically. Mm -hmm. You see me take all my pills every day. I, like, I don't you, you could ask me, I can't remember yeah, why. Asked. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was very important at the time. Because like, a lot of them. Okay. And it was important at the time, but they reduced to one chunk because yes. I've forgotten all the and it's details. It's understandable with anything that's um, that's a new extension. To exactly. So. so I do that once and see if I improve my health. And I do this for everything in my life. Yeah. Relationship, everything. Mm -hmm. And if it gets some results or moves me in the direction and is sustainable, I start again. Yeah. Yeah. I get all the knowledge again. Yeah. Mainly the same knowledge, but I might upgrade or delete. And I do it again, and I aim to now know why I'm taking that. Why am I doing this? Why is that? And I start learning about the how and the why. Mm. And then I do it a third time until it's automatic. If and I that's how add, I learn. I love that, because if I can add to that, is what, we've known each other for about 13, 14 years. So one of the other aspects... And that's my share, first Dirty Harry. It is. Your first, this is your first Dirty Harry. It's a whole new level it's a whole, to us. It is, it is, it is. There's other things there. Yeah, oh, pace me, pace me. Yeah, I'll pace you. <laughs> um, I think there's another distinction here I want to add to what you're sharing here, Mrs. Pearson. And it's this, that now let's go to the health and vitality example. You, you've got the external framework check. You work out what's sustainable. You work out what's replicable. You work out what's a values match. You work out what you can... What suits you? You make a mess of it, you work it out, you get it right. What I want everyone to hear is that just because you've got it right, it's not going to stay right all the time. So this way of thinking, I just repeat. it's got to keep going. I just loop. I never exit. Because if you go, okay, now I've worked out the uh, Alexia to my health, then stick with that for a year, and then things start to change again in ways that feel uncomfortable. It's the same in relationships, it's the same in finances, it's the same in everything. I have a six-month check. Right. So tell so us. So every about... six months, I get my blood tests. So right, okay. So what is your, in, in, in whether it's health or any other area of life, finances, relationship, emotional intelligence, social awareness, all that kind of stuff, whatever area you want to go to, what is your feedback mechanism, for want of a better word? to tell you that it's time to check a different external to, to keep evolving in the internal, if I'm making any sense of Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's an internal check. How do I feel I'm going? Very unreliable. <laughs> Very. Well, I didn't know how healthy I could be yeah, right. today yeah, versus right. how I was, but ask me again in five years. Because yeah. I don't know. It's like I started out when I talked to you about what coaching is. Yeah. Our version of optimal may be limited. We need the coach to help us have a different version of ourselves. Yeah. My future self could have a whole other level of yeah. health, Joe, and I think yeah. it will. Yeah. I think it will. Yeah. So what I do is I run the strategy, and then I look at how sustainable it's been. Yeah. Can I manage it? Yeah. And the answer so far is yes. Yeah. How is it working? This is major progress. But every six months minimum, when I'm building the strategy, I'm reviewing the whole time. I'm looping the whole time. I never sure. exit. I just review, 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 yeah. as you know. But once I've landed on it, and what I do this for finances, business, Health, 
planning the year. Every six months, I sit and do a full strategy review. My husband and I do a full review in detail for half a day every six months on the business, on our finances, yeah. on the plans, on how we're living our values, yeah. on our theme for the year. Yeah. We unpack it all. And wherever I'm solo, health, but I think he's getting more involved in that now, yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. But that looks different. That's external check with blood <coughs> tests, going to my integrative specialist. This time I'm traveling to the States and getting more involved yeah. in what I need to test. So there's a tremendous review process that I put, I put it really under scrutiny, Joe. Yeah. I assume it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I assume what yes. I'm doing is faulty. Yeah. I assume there are gaps. Which keeps the curiosity and the openness yeah. Open all the time. Yeah. There's uh, no placidity yeah. in me yeah. when it comes to the placidity. review. I'm not placid. Silly. I never ever yeah. said I'm never yeah. easy about the review. I assume yeah. it's all fucked. Yeah. I do that for the business. Yeah. I assume the business is in crisis every six months. Yeah. Just to keep me on my game yeah. and open to different ways of approaching it. Yeah. That's my major frame when I'm coaching. Yeah. I was, I was going to bring that back to coaching because I think fundamentally what what you do, what we do, what coaches do, is that um, it is about, okay, the person's got an issue with, doesn't matter what the issue is. Uh, let's just say there's something going on in their marriage that's not right for them or whatever. Um, I think what you are doing there in coaching is teaching them how to source an external frame that is going to be useful for them to improve their internal frame. In other words... So then I've got to talk to them about ego back in self-awareness. Well, it always, it's got to it's start... It always starts with self-awareness. That's why I, it always comes back to that. And I think no matter how advanced anyone can become, it always can... Because that yeah. self-awareness, like the spiral, it just goes to another level, yeah. another level, another level. And once you've achieved it, you go back to the beginning. Yeah. So we've got about 10 minutes left. Yeah. We've got one major frame, self-awareness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> My second one is understanding. Tell me more about that. So once that's been unpacked to my satisfaction, because they don't really know what I'm searching for, yeah. then what is their understanding of potential to change that? What is their understanding of how locked and fixed that is, or is that growth and variable? Mm -hmm. What is their understanding of uh, growth mindset? Yeah and internal and external checks. Yeah. What is their understanding of how this impacts and interrelates with other areas of their life? What is their understanding of the fact that others may be doing completely differently, therefore their version of reality is simply their made up version of reality? Mm. So I test the barriers to entry. That's I, how I see it in my mind. Yeah, 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 what's yours, what's yours? To add to that, <clears throat> I also uh, am aware of what conclusions have they come to. Nice. What conclusions have they come to? In That's the barrier. Life. Well, conclusions, I actually uh, share with my clients, the conclusion is a very useful, uh, useless word. Yeah. Because if we go back in the days of philosophy, the Plato days, the Aristotle days, you know, there was a philosophy of scepticism. Yes. And philosophy of scepticism, as you well know, is whenever concluded, a healthy skeptic never concludes about anything. Yeah, because right. we're always looking at the possibilities of what else we can do to improve our health, to improve it. It's going back to the frames of what we've just been talking about. Yes. But the moment we conclude that men are, women are, marriage is, life is, money is, spirit is, we've now closed off all possibilities. And that's the barrier. And that's the barrier, and where the placidity we're landing, yeah. but we, we never really land. Nope. But that, that's the problem that most people have. Yes. So I add the conclusion frame to what you've just shared about understanding. I love it. Mm. I agree with that. Mm. All of that then makes us on our game coaching because we're not accepting the presuppositions. We're not accepting what a client says as being a genuine limit. It's a mindset limit. Yeah. And then I've got to assess, I know you assess, okay, is that worth the challenge? Yeah. So we're making an assessment then. Is that the one we're going to challenge or is that the one we're going to let go by? Yeah. You've got to pick your thing to yeah. engage in. You can't take it all on. Because yeah. some maps you hear, it's like, man, I can understand why you're where you're at. Because yeah. those six are a problem. That belief, that assumption, that expectation about how the world is, that is going to fuck you yeah. up. Yeah. The world does not operate that way. People are not. Yes. Unless you want them to be like that. You know, and then I bring in <laughs> Carl Jung, yeah. perception is projection, mm. and we are seeing not the world, we're seeing ourselves. Yes. So part of my self-awareness understanding check with them is how are they, what are they projecting? Yeah. So um, 
Dan and I, that was, that's the frame I used with you yesterday. Yes. So you know, I'm sure you recognize it. Yes. It's what are they projecting out to the world tells me stacks about their awareness and understanding. So yes. I've just got to help or this. Or lack of. So I've got to help them restore healthier, more functional versions just at those two levels. Yeah. So it's aware, self-awareness, and then it's understanding, yeah. and then it's awareness of others yeah. and understanding of others. Yes. They're my four basic frames. And I think that is the structural, the behavioral code for what it means to be an adult. Yes. Because an adult is not only aware of how they are creating their own feelings and creating their own uh, yeah. experience of the world, Yes. But having a sensitivity to the world that they're contributing to. So how am I contributing to your, if you're a client or if I'm a client, you're the coach, how it is that you're, or even if we're friends or whatever the relationship context is, having an awareness and a sensitivity of how I am feeling with what you're saying and how I am creating a feeling in you. And you do this all the time. Like, um, one, one of the things I really uh, admire about you is, is how, um, you know, whether it's me or somebody else, a word that I might use that you feel is inappropriate or not matched to where we need to be emotionally in the context of the conversation. This happened yesterday. Remember the word justify? Yeah. Yeah. We literally used the word, someone used the word justify, I think, prove wherever you yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, you can't use that word with that client because yeah. you're creating a reality map for them that's going to be the limit. Yeah, and creating a problem that never existed. Yes. Yeah. A new problem that never existed. So, and I, and, I and think, then, Grace, yeah. we also yeah. brought up understand self, understand others. So awareness of self, understanding of, uh, of self, awareness of others, understanding that that was a reality you created. Now you can see the frame I used. Thank you very much, thank you. That's the frame. You guys are seeing the frames unfold and they become very basic frames. You know, if you call those frames out early, the other stuff will resolve. So Claire and I, we had a coaching session yesterday. Here again, still there, still sitting where you <laughs> Shockingly, she hasn't moved. <laughs> the other stuff resolves if you take care of your business here. It doesn't all resolve, but if we can get that as healthy and functional and epic as possible, this looks different. What, what we view changes. My example around that is wealth for me. Yeah. My view around money was money is the source of all evil. Yeah. Anyone who's got money is evil. Yeah. Anyone who's got money can't be trusted. They'll probably rip you off. I was raised with those three yeah. beliefs, Joe. Mm -hmm. And I had to do a major inventory, this review that I do. Yeah. Yeah. And now I don't believe any of that, obviously, and I've created a completely different reality. Yeah. But the money didn't change. How I viewed it changed mm -hmm. and what I was prepared to view changed. I was able to filter in examples of wealth versus examples of evil. Yes. Because you'll find whatever you look for. Yeah, well, what's, exactly. I mean, as, as I share with students all the time, you know, we are continually gathering evidence of whether we should yeah. succeed or whether we should not succeed. Yeah. In a way, that's going to be yeah. your experience. I love it. Another interesting sort of perspective on internal, external checks. Major frame. Yeah. Because something else I want to run by you and share your thoughts with the room here is that I often find with clients is that there's a gross unbalance, imbalance. And that imbalance is where someone might be, be sensitive to how others are feeling, but complete that themselves, to themselves they are deletion. Um, so this was this a conversation yesterday. Oh, this is yeah. awesome. You can relate it all back to, we worked with a client yesterday yep. who literally was very tuned into, overly concerned with, there's a few people actually in the room who yep. relate this, about how others were doing had no awareness of their own needs. Yeah. This is so common. I say this a lot. You would, you would. And so, you know, we, we, we don't want to oversimplify that by saying, oh, that's a victim, victim thinking. No. Um, but, uh, you know, it, that's why the fundamental first frame of self-awareness is so bloody important. Yes. Because the more self-aware we are, see, the person who is very sensitive to the outside, not aware of themselves, has got a bad relationship with the word selfishness. Yes, they do. And what I love about the language you use in Ultimate You is the two words that you put together, it's like music, because when you put certain words together, it just changes the whole perspective. And that's using the word functional and the word selfishness together, and that order, functional selfishness, suddenly in, changes the frame completely. Our relationship to that word changes completely. And I think when someone is aware of these two words in this order, functional selfishness, Unpack that. you're opening the door yeah. to that first frame. What do you think? Well, I think 
most people have never been taught or raised no, 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 because they've been raised by people who lack self-awareness. Yeah. So most people's tribal cycles, there is an addiction around oversensitivity to others. Yeah. And, it, it, and it becomes everyone's on guard to not hurt anyone else. Yeah. Instead of just saying, I can take care of myself, yeah. your view's really interesting, but it doesn't have to be my view. Yeah. Because most people don't know how to claim their view. Yeah. And I'm simplifying by saying for you. They don't sure. know how to claim their boundaries, their needs, their emotional intimacy, yeah. their self-esteem trait. So if we don't know how to reclaim or restore us, everything can trigger us. Yeah. And when we're overly triggered, we, we put all our focus on avoiding triggers and none, none of the energy on restoring us. So we've become addicted to the cycle of avoiding triggers and avoiding being upset by the external instead of saying, okay, that's going to stop mattering this much, but I don't know how to make it stop mattering because I feel really hurt. Stop. How do I restore myself? So that's the work I do with those four columns, those yep. four pillars. Yep. So how do I help this client see the restoration of self will stop all of that being an issue? All of it. Yeah, it will fade away the more you restore your self-awareness and your awareness of others. Not over sensitivity. They're not the same thing. No, that's right. And they could be in any way. They could be yeah. teaching boundaries, yeah. um, getting clear on the, you know, the pivotal needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emotional intimacy is tougher to teach. It tends to flow from boundaries and needs. You can't have emotional intimacy without healthy boundaries yeah. and without knowing your needs and how to meet them. And then the, the punchline to this is we need to teach our clients and ourselves how to be the parents we wish we'd had. And that's what I've seen you've done. And that's what I'm a work in progress doing right yeah, now, because as sure. you know, it's quite challenging with my family. Yes, it is, yeah. So for me, am I, am I uh, reassuring myself? Am I self-comforting? Am I self-regulating? Am I self-managing? And if I'm not doing those, I've got no business having a view on how anyone else yeah. is handling yeah. their shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I tend to be the, which is interesting because I'm definitely the fire of most of my relationships. Sure. But when it comes to the dysfunction, yeah. I'm that. Yeah. As you say, yes. I, I just cut through, I just slide yeah. through. So, but I might be having my own meltdown, sure. but I'm self-regulating, self-managing, mm -hmm. self-comforting. I don't need others to change for me to be okay in the face mm -hmm. of the crisis. Yeah. And that's that, I think, to teach a client that, mm -hmm. the okayness of that, is one of the greatest gifts. That you're okay no matter what. Yeah. That you're okay no matter what, which maybe brings it full circle to your version of coaching, which is yeah. how to fall back in love with yourself. Yeah. And my version, which is, well, how do you restore yourself? Because before this happened, you were okay. You didn't know how not to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there's a nice full circle to, yeah. to that. I remember I did my Fox Weekend in February 2006 with you. I love that you remember that. I, I always remember that. He's my date. <laughs> <laughs> you were there? No, I wish. But I know my date. You know your date? Oh, yeah. No, it's fantastic. The date, yeah. 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 Um, the reason why I say that is because I remember on my first day there was a couple of highlights. One of the highlights for me was when you said, to us that 95% of this journey is awareness. Yeah. And uh, and my journey for the last 14 years has been about what that has actually meant. And unpacking that at different levels as you get different awareness. Completely, completely. It changes. This year is completely different what we're looking for and sorting for. It is, because you know, if you if you flip that, Sharon, if you flip that and take all awareness away and try to learn everything, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it just shows you how important and That's how pivotal now it's a key ingredient in any form of success, whether it's emotional, social, financial, spiritual, physical, health, whatever. It's a key thing. And um, the more, uh, and this is what I love about what you've been sharing here, is that, and we've shared a lot, so I can't summarize everything perfectly, but let me tell you that the fundamentals of self-awareness, the fundamentals of uh, being aware of what makes you feel like that, respond like that, react like that, giving yourself accurate feedback on what's going on in different situations. One of my favourite things you say that I've adopted and I take all the credit for is... <laughs> <laughs> is your benchmark is, is that accurate? Yeah. And I have stolen that and I use that everywhere I go, as you know. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. And I, I use it everywhere. Yeah. On myself yeah. and in conversations. A great question. Is that... Accurate. Yeah. So in terms of feedback, when someone's 
either literally giving you feedback or your life is giving you feedback or something yeah. is going on, a comment that's made that sparks something within you, it's a primary <coughs> question. If it's I hadn't good. asked that question all those years ago when I was not healthy, I would have yeah. made the changes. Because I had a viewpoint, I can't do anything about it, it's real or about. Well, is that accurate? So what does that question do for you? Like, what does well, it makes me say I don't know. Yeah. And I should be less nice. opinionated. Yeah. It gets me way more humble. Yeah. Way more modest about what I think I'm good at. Yeah. Well, if you're not getting the great results you want and others have, probably your viewpoint isn't accurate. Because yeah. if others are rocking at that area, and you're not, there's a gap in your awareness and your understanding of yeah. what this map of reality is. So yeah, you should awesome. be way more curious. <laughs> so I think that's probably a good place to, to end this. The, the key message is, as a coach, is how curious can we be? Mm. Curious about all of those four levels and the internal and external frames. Insatiably curious. Insatiably curious, as we learned so many years ago. Can we please thank the amazing Mr. Joe Hi. your value from this podcast we had so much fun and delighted in bringing it to you and for you and for your loved ones if you haven't yet your subscription would be absolutely fantastic your subscription and your feedback means that we get to rate higher if we get to rank higher more people get to hear this message you can also help out if you'd love to once you subscribe by sharing this podcast with someone who you believe this message may resonate with and create a discussion around it just enjoy it and interact with it however you choose but most importantly we'd love your subscription see you the next episode